Hello and welcome to another episode of Sonic Talks, episode 397. That is right. And that was our new intro animation and the winner, of course. Uh, oh, I can't remember what his name is now. That's terrible, isn't it? I should have it written down. But it's been there for a few weeks. So if you've missed it already, you can always scroll back and have a look. Peter Rundgren. Peter Rundgren. Yeah. Good, 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 Gaz. Very well done. Uh, before I introduce you, Gaz, that was a uh, that was a preview of Gaz there. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors, Isotope, obviously. We've got uh, the results of the Iris 2 competition from last week. Remember, they've given away something pretty much every week, and we'll be announcing another one as well, another chance to win Iris 2. So uh, stay tuned for that. I also want to say hello and welcome to our chat room. Got a lot of people in the chat room today. That's a, a, a fulsome chat room, I think, is what I'm supposed to say or not supposed to say it seems to irritate some people but i'm going to say it nonetheless so anyway uh, thank you very much for joining us and also want to say um thank you very much to gaz for joining us uh, we were hoping for some more guests and indeed they may show up but me and gaz we know we can hold the fort we can we can make it through so gaz williams professional bass player music technologist and uh, all about town sort of uh, and professional bass player as well anyway how are you gaz you well i'm very well thank you and uh, as it was my birthday. I had a yes. guest which I'd speculated on what I was going to get. And there was a few items, uh, which is it was really nice to be able to have this choice. But um, what do you think I went for in the end? Oh, I'm trying to remember what the options were now. Gosh. Well, actually, I had three options. It was the Strike Fet, mm-hmm. the Theramini, actually, and the Stylophone S2. Those were what I'd whittled down the choice to. Controversial. An unusual <laughs> set. Yeah. And uh, what, do you think it, what do you think it went for? Uh, I'm guessing, I think you went for the ceremony. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually downstairs in the kitchen at the moment. So, right, um, okay. I've, uh, I, but uh, there's a possibility that I might be playing it with an orchestra in Paris next month. So I've got to kind of get, I've got to get cracking on it. <laughs> Really? So, Bloody hell! That's uh, so. Yeah. So you're going to be kind of uh, build as Gaz. Gaz, uh, what's it? Clara? What's her name? Um, Clara Williams, perhaps you'd be. Uh, <laughs> is that what you're aiming for? Well, I mean, I love to jump in at the deep end, and this is a good opportunity. So I'm going to be performing with the the Fantasy Orchestra in Paris at the end of April. So, and some of the tunes, I yeah, I'm thinking maybe Theremin might be quite good. So I'll see how I get onto it by. But you know. I think it's one of those things why I went that way was because I was thinking um, I love expressivity, you know, and I was thinking this does look like it is a, a good way of getting into the theremin. And the theremin, obviously, as we know, can be a very expressive instrument. Um, I'm not 100 percent smitten on the sound, maybe because I'm so familiar with the Animoog, Animoog uh, sort of sound. It does. It, it is very you know, it is the same sound engine after all. So it's quite similar sounding. But um, I tend to leave it just on the, the basic theremin patch, really. Um, and I have been watching various videos about how to, um, how to you know, how to get the pitching right on it. And the good thing with the theremin is, I'm sure everybody's aware of, that there is this kind of, um, you can scale how much pitch correction goes on. So... Uh, essentially, it's it's a little bit like uh, stabilizers on a bike. Until ah, you yes. Um, so where are you at the moment? You're at ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Octave um, quantization. Yeah. To be honest, though, I don't like it with the pitch correction. Though it really feels like 
although I can see it being useful. What is more useful, though, is the display. It's got like a tuner, a bit like a guitar tuner on there. So I like to do it without any pitch correction, but I'll kind of reference with the tuner. Um, and just really try and use my ears as much as possible. Um, and I particularly like the analogy, if if you imagine like a, a, a wire coming from the, you know, like a string and you pinch the string and you kind of, and as you slide along this string, uh, I, f I find that a really useful way. And then there's, there is like a, the classical, it's interesting that it is considered a classical instrument and there is classical theremin technique and um, to learn to learn it the proper traditional way, you know, there's, there is like positions, a bit like a violinist. Will play yeah, there's a, there's a thing that you do with your hands, isn't there, that's supposed to be kind yeah. of down to how you... Uh, you, you kind of adjust your fingers uh, and tune yeah. it up, etc. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a lady who's doing some very useful tu um, uh, tuition less uh, uh, on uh, sorry <laughs> on YouTube. Um, right. But I mean, one of the things that she does, and she says that you know it's 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 vitally important that you do some physical exercises, stretching exercises, and uh, uh, you know, various ways because it's very tiring holding your arms, just holding your arms out over without them being supported. It's amazing just how quickly that actually becomes uh, quite tiring. But, um, you know, so I think, I think as well as learning the, the pitch, the pitching to actually do physical exercises to learn to be able to hold your arms up, you know, for probably for a few minutes and probably get, very tiring very quickly i think um, yeah i can imagine i i'm sorry i'm i'm just robbie said he's he's there but he's not um it's weird i've seen he seems to be pending contact request on several of our sonic talk accounts and i'm pretty sure we've actually had him already in there so i don't really know what's going on there let me uh uh let me just uh, try and administrate that perhaps um let me just quickly. Sorry, this is this is not what you want to see live, um, kind of behind the scenes yeah. production stuff. But uh, Robbie's actually in Long Beach, where he's on tour with uh, Howard Jones. So we're trying to get him in. He's in his hotel at the moment. Um, anyway, right. Well, maybe what we should do is uh, start <laughs> by doing something. Um, there's some interesting. Right. This was this was cool. Let me see if I can find this. This is um, a video that Ed shot in uh, Utrecht. And this is the um, Kytopia studio, which is the home of Dance Fair. And there's our sponsors there, Champs Original Trend and uh, Tip Top Audio, who you uh, probably have seen if you've watched any of our Dance Fair videos. I think Ed is, in fact, in the chat room at the moment. So uh, this is, uh, that looks like it's near the canal. Hi all. Welcome to Kytopia. Um, this is the building that used to be Tivoli, Utrecht's classic rock venue. I've I think I might have played there once. Here for, here for 16 years. Uh, I've never had to turn in my keys. They're still here because I have my synthesizer studio here now. I'll take you through a walk through the building. Come on in. This used to be our box office. It's a studio now. Sadly, it's closed, so we can't get to see it. But it's a studio now. This building is amazing. If we just... Uh, I'll, I'll... I'll fast forward it a little bit, but there's there's the live venue, which I'm fairly sure I've played at back in the day, um, or, or done the sound in perhaps. And this is their um, setup they've got in the attic, and it's just full of beautiful things. 
And the the reason this was uh, came up really, I mean, apart from the idea of having something beautiful um, around the place. Uh, and having a place where lots of students... It was just the notion of this kind of big collective, because, I mean, this, this is a beautiful building in the centre of Utrecht that has all these amazing facilities, lots of individual studios, uh, and um, it, it's really got kind of a lot uh, to offer the the kind of musician in the centre of town. And it just struck, struck me as, you know, th- these are the sort of things that, as musicians, we often get, you know, it's like a, a pipe dream of many, isn't it, to sort of get together and have this big collective kind of thing. And I just wondered, have you ever done anything like that, Gaz? yeah um i used to yes definitely i used to live in this big old hotel kind of thing with a whole bunch of musicians uh which was i was there for a few years absolutely madness i can tell you that but um yeah i mean it is a great it is a great idea i think certainly for that was actually like a living situation as well we had various studios and uh uh yeah so certainly better when you're younger i think that sort of thing <laughs> yeah it sort of links um, up with the party vibe yeah it was a constant party blimey but um <laughs> uh but yeah i mean this place looks great there doesn't it i really want to go and visit there uh i think that would be really cool um but it, it's uh, i mean I think one of the downsides of working on computers for making music is that that can be a very very solitary affair and i think um i think just by virtue of being in a building with other musicians is going to kind of break you out of that a little bit so i think and i think that's a really healthy thing to do and plenty of options for collaboration hello just when when there's excitement going on you know yeah, and if there's something going on, you can just kind of get yeah. involved in. That's true. I mean, I think Lovely. that that I mean, having a space like that where there might be a gig happening uh, every once in a while in that space as well is really, mm. you know, that's really good. On it. I mean, I did used to share a studio. I, st- I shared it with uh, Will Gregory uh, from uh, Goldfrap, who then became uh, this was before those those days, and a chap called Stuart Gordon, Pete Allahan, and Andy Davis, who was a keyboard player from Tears for Fears, and there we all had this kind of. It was in the centre of Bath, next to the river, and there was a studio, and we had one room, and that you know everybody shared the other bits, and it was. I mean, in the end, we were the ones who ended up staying there, but it was great when there was things going on. You know, it was just mm. it just felt like there was. Uh, well, actually, some of the time it felt great, but the kitchen was actually and the loo was in our room, so it kind of. That was slightly uh, difficult because you get people wandering in all the time. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. I mean, it was it was Hello. affordable. Ah, I see to have Robbie somewhere. Let me just see if I can... Ah, there he is. Ah. Ah, hello there, Gaz. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How's the tour going? Very well, thanks, yeah. I had a bit of problems yeah. with the old internet today. Uh, are you, are you like in this... Are you in the same hotel for the whole time, or are you touring, or and as a base, or are you travelling around? No, no, a couple of days off at the moment, so in Long Island. So yeah, so gig gig tomorrow, and then we're off again. When when how long how many how many more dates on the tour? Uh, about another eight. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How's the technic? How's the technical side of things holding up on the tour? Perfect. Not 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 one single hitch. Anything. Wow, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> or rather, that's unusually right. Absolutely, yeah, flawless the whole time. Wow, brilliant. Is there Apart any, from any, one... any? 
any new stars of the show in, in terms of the technology that's, that you've been really impressed with? Um, no, we, we, it's, it's pretty much exactly what we did last time. Um, <laughs> just used a bit more software instruments this time, how it is. But there's all, it's all working really well. Um, we only had one. We had one crash actually with um, with Ivory, where it just it just crapped out once. Um, mm. But um, he's a bit of a notorious bugger for being a bit of a hog. So is it is everything running on SSDs then? All uh, all the sound libraries yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, okay. it's all SSDs. Yeah, but for some reason, if you have more than one instance in main stage of Ivory, it does it it struggles. Ah. Bobby Bronneman, yeah, there we go. Sorry about that, hey. everybody. Live listeners, that's those those of you who are a, a regular live listener. We've just uh, we've got just coming in on a satellite link from California. We've got uh, Robbie Bronneman, who's uh, there in his uh, hotel room somewhere in. Uh, is, you're you're east or west coast at the moment. I'm in Long Island, just outside New York. Ah, so it's not horribly early. I was saying Long Beach. That was it. Robbie, you're oh, yeah. of course you're of course on tour with. Uh, is it Howard? You're there with Howard Jones. Yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. to his uh, massive Welsh uh, contingent over there in New York. How are you? <laughs> very good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, very good. Excellent. I'm glad uh, to hear that. I'm glad we hooked you up. Bit of struggles with the old hotel Wi-Fi today. It kept just dropping off all the time. So, well, hence co- my. Of course, this time of day, it's uh, everybody waking up and checking their email and skyping their loved ones or phoning in for uh, transglobal chat shows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody's cursing you now. <laughs> so uh robbie we were just talking about this uh i don't know if you've got a chance to see the kytopia uh studio set up in uh, utrecht and we were talking about the idea of this this kind of almost u- uh, kytopia utopian concept of having a large studio complex where everybody has their own room and there's this shared space and stuff i just wondered gaz said that he'd done some stuff like that and i had too i wondered if you'd actually um experienced that kind of thing i I haven't personally, but I'm always very jealous of being able to do for people who are able to be in that environment, because I think it's um, I think it's very healthy to be around other people, um, you know, and other people who are doing a similar kind of thing to you. It always helps kind of feed your creativity, and you can always help help each other with other projects and stuff. So, although I haven't actually had personal first-hand experience of being in a studio complex in that kind of way i always kind of hanker after the idea of it because it, it always seems like it'd be so much fun yeah well that's absolutely true and, and indeed it is many times i mean i think the difficulty is i mean and and you know it's it's hard enough i mean i look at it like this it's hard enough to organize a band of any size to actually rehearse at the same time in the same space so actually being able to get people to commit to some kind of lease or some kind of financial commitment in somewhere like this is quite difficult everybody because lots of people operate on different levels you know you might have a producer such as yourself who's kind of successful and has got you know lots of work and then somebody uh, such as myself who has none at all but likes the idea but can't you know so keep, that's the hard part of getting getting it right i think yeah but it it, 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 it is definitely a um i think it's it's definitely true that when you end up working with yourself all the time you do really enjoy those times when you do have that interaction with other people because it's um it's such a different it's it's just a much more visceral thing you know bouncing off other people's ideas there and then in the room as opposed to exchanging ideas over Skype or the internet yeah no absolutely gas you look like do, you do 
do we know if that place in Utrecht has got other different studio rooms? Do they have any kind of link up uh, via like network or? I don't. Uh, um, Ed was there briefly, but it was quite late after the dance fair, uh, um, which was also in Utrecht. Uh, I mean, but I think what they're doing in the, in the summer, uh, they have some kind of dance music event where they have lots of musicians. In, in many ways, it's kind of like the real world thing that used to happen outside Box. They have a, a, a week of artists coming in who are assigned to the label, just kind of doing performances, jams, and creating more music together to then, you know, create compilation albums and et cetera. And I don't know. I mean, it would make sense that they did, but I don't know. I mean, I think one thing that is under threat, um, obviously, you know, with such prime real estate in the centre of any city, those are the sort of things that mm-hmm. people come along and just say, well, the least, you know, time to time to put, put the rent up. You know, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to stick there. I mean, what they want to do, I mean, the whole thing was actually funded by Kite Man, who were, or Kite Man, who was uh, the sort of 90s trumpet player and did some sort of hip hoppy kind of, he, he had some some hit. And I think he kind of, he's got kind of, I, I think his funding kind of got it together, but they, they sort of need to buy the building to ensure their safety, which again, you know, is a massive commitment. But, I mean, you know, you should think, mm. when you see the sort of things that get grants, particularly in the EU for sort of art installations, you'd imagine that something like this would be a bit of a no-brainer for, for, some, for you know, for, for that kind of a setup. Well, because I was I was looking at uh, the new Motu AVB range and I was kind of, fantasizing about something like that in a way having lots of different studios all going into these audio interfaces then that could all be you know so sessions could be run on in multiple studios um and uh well that's yeah, that's, so, that's very much easier these days than it ever used to be with, mm, with sort of exactly. five stage boxes and that thing but avb yeah that'd be a cracking idea mm. definitely oh, but while we're on that note i was very excited because they brought out an ultralight the new AVB Ultralight, mm. but it, it's a total disaster for us. Oh no! They've it... t- because they've it's only got six outputs on it. It's got an ADA output on it, but they've this, they've done away with all the physical hard outputs. Ah, well, so there, must, there must be some other so, configuration. Yeah, so so it's, it's no good for live because it just hasn't got enough enough to it. So um, we've we've frantically been going around. We've just bought another three ultralight mark threes <laughs> because we're building a secondary rig to keep in america permanently so we're totally cloning our rig um so um yeah i, I thought oh great we'll get the new one and went oh dear we won't get the new one well, um aren't so, there yeah. other aren't there other kind of uh nine full 19 inch rack um motu stuff that does have yeah. avb but more outputs is that not yeah there is yeah but we specifically don't want 19 inch rack because of this form factor of it Ah. For instance, mine's built into my rig, and it's too big to have a 19-inch rack in it. And it's um, it's just much more convenient having the small size units. So anyway, well, one step forward, two steps back, as you as they I'm say. I'm sure something will come along mm-hmm. shortly. I mean, that'd be good. But anyway, if you want to check this out, the uh, we're hoping to kind of uh, maybe go over and visit them again, Kaitopia, because uh, Sonar Traffic, who are. Uh, uh, They've got that. We've just posted the video yesterday, I think it was, of this. And, you know, you check the synth collection. He's got so much stuff there. And one of the things they have got is the Synth and Syrinx, Syrinx which I didn't realise was Dutch. Actually made in Utrecht as well. I mean, what? What? how would you not know? How would you know that? I mean, it's just fantastic. So there's, Utrecht is a bit of a hotbed. It's about, um, it's only about 20 minutes outside of Amsterdam. So it's not far away. I mean, I, met, I used to have a friend who lived there. And whenever we were in Amsterdam doing kind of promo and stuff, I always used to go and visit him. 
and uh, it's a lovely uh, part of the world so i'd definitely like to go there i know ed went this time and i'd like definitely like to go back uh but yeah check the demo of the Sinton because it sounds about there's all these kind of formant filters just sound lovely robbie you look like you're you're gassing for one of those yeah, when I was watching that, I was thinking, you know, I remember seeing Vince Clark talk about that synth a few years ago on something and waxing very lyrically about how great it was. Um, but um, I'd never really heard one in the flesh. That was really nice to hear that. should do a Sonic Talk live from Utrecht. Yeah, well, that sounds like a lovely idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've had this idea before. I mean, we use the, you know, this setup every week. This could just as easily be one of you guys could be you know, a n other artist who's playing at such one of these kind of gatherings that just we get through and we, you know, we just have have this kind of thing going on. I mean, it would make perfect sense in many ways, but uh, uh, hopefully we can we can have a chat about that sort of thing. So that would be pretty awesome. Is uh, that a, um, in, in one of those other pictures I see there? Is that the new Odyssey? Uh, no, that is the uh, Dave's Odyssey. Where the okay. sub thirty seven is was the other Odyssey. Okay. Um, but I, I was, as I was explaining to Gaz, I was playing something on it, which I used as a play out for the review I've just done. And I, I thought, right. oh, I wonder if I can play that on the sub 37. And I found that I could. And it was actually easier just because of the way the note priority works, because I was using a a um, oscillator one modulated square wave pitch for an interval kind of sequence part. And then the second oscillator as a line over the top of it. And it was, right. uh, it, yeah. So that was it. But the uh, the Art Odyssey review or the Korg Odyssey review will be coming soon. Um, soon. Have you got one of those, Robbie? Um, no, I, I'm going to get one when I come back. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy okay. it. They are they are great. I, I mean, the, I think I was saying pr- prior to the show, they're great, but they're sort of a fixed synth in time, whereas a synth that would be made now might have more options and more capabilities than this. And the tuning thing is actually... While charming, certainly if you were going to use it live, is quite a terrifying prospect because there's no, there's no fixed like in the uh, you, you know a lot of sense you have a fixed tune it you have a master tune and then a fixed os- uh, os- octave switch. Whereas this is just one massive coarse fader and a fine fader, so you've got to find that pitch and there you go. So having I the uh, enjoy- Dominion, sorry, uh, sorry. So I was just going to say I did enjoy your view of the Dominion. That that, that yeah. That is- yeah, it's that's, a, that's why I, that's why I was going to say having the Dominion and the Arp in such kind of close time. To I know which one you'd go for, Nick. <laughs> uh, I'm a, I, I, yes, I mean it's no contest. I mean the Arp definitely wow, has no some, contest. But but having said that, the Arp has something about it that's that's got a musical character. Uh, the Dominion mm-hmm. is just a massive amount of synthesis and really good fun to use, and lots and lots and lots of things that you can do with it. I think the uh, thing about the ARP is it's something very different. You know, it's a reboot. It's not a, a, a new synthesizer. But throwing the uh, Sub-37 into the mix, there were people who were saying, you know, what about uh, Sub-37 or Dominion? And having switched it back on again just recently, I was thinking there's some, yeah. the Moog has a an authority and a presence that the Dominion does not have, I think it's fair to say. It sounds very impressive, uh, even with less synthesis capability, and that you know, but it just there's something about it that makes that it's got charisma, more charisma than perhaps the Dominion, but less options. If you see what I mean. The the step sequencer on the update of the sub thirty seven just makes it look highly attractive. I think that's um, is that out yet? Then 
I think it's supposed to be out soon. Uh, I, I shall check and see if I can get hold of it because it would be worth mm. looking at. But I think it was supposed to be this month, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah. I've just become addicted to step sequencing now. You you? The SQ SQ one has. Re- In fact, it was your it's you it's your fault actually. I got to be honest. Um, Sorry, you got, <laughs> I thought you weren't going to buy got, the SQ one. I didn't think I was, and then Nick um, showed me some cool little things, and then. Um, but since I got it, it's been so useful, and it is a lot of fun. I think Active Step is so useful on that on on the sq1 really and i'm looking forward to trying it out with other things that i'm going to get in the future as well so i think it's yeah i think it's pretty cool but um i mean the the whole sequencer thing is just going mad this year though isn't it, it really is yeah. it's uh we're gonna see I, I i'm extremely excited about an ipad app called mod step so that i don't know how soon that is from being uh, released but um that looks outstanding so i think uh that's kind of taking a step sequencer but it's a, a multi-channel polyphonic step sequencer kind of thing uh so that looks very cool i think uh, that if you can imagine what would be interesting is to be able to have to plug in an audio interface that gave you i don't know say four channels of cv gate out of an ipad with an app to drive it i mean i don't know whether it's got enough voltage in the battery to drive that and up that many cvs but that's the sort of thing you could imagine being a very cool combination couldn't you yeah yeah somebody so somebody get on it if i can have it on my desk by monday or possibly friday if you're feeling (laughs) quick (laughs) one thing about the mod step though is apparently it's going to run well on a ipad one so nice yeah, as the chat room are saying, you know, we've got the uh, the new uh, Artoria Beatstep Pro, which is kind of getting close to that. And also we've got the, um, well, the Coma Complex. I mean, that's a very different price point, but I am, I'm gassing after that. It just looks so great. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that I just like to have in shot because it's so beautiful, but uh, I can imagine it being a lot of fun. Anyway, um, it's probably time for us to, uh, to say hello to our sponsor. So I'll just fire them up and we can uh, run our little, uh, our little message from them. Of course, this is, if I press the button, it might actually play. La, la, la. Uh, if I keep pressing, there we are. Isotope, of course. Iris 2, the software synthesizer that's got an awful lot to offer. We're not talking, you know, only 11 gigabytes of sound <laughs> library, whereas before it was uh, split into multiple packs. You get the whole lot now. You've also got a whole bunch of 24-bit classic synth oscillator waves, which really does open it. When you combine it with the, uh, the multi-mode master filter and all the modulation sources and destinations, you've got... Um, uh, let me see if I get this correctly. Five LFOs, five envelopes, plus MIDI expression controls and macro controls. And you can, as you can see, the amount of modulation that's going on there, you can have visual representation. You've also got the spectral filtering and all the waves, those limitations. Again, you can have up to four of them, all the separate loop points. Very, very powerful. And if you can hear some of these sounds in the background, they really do sound very warm and analog. And um, plus the effects you've got, you've got essentially, you know, the a very analog sounding but also very modern sounding capable of synth uh, isotope.com forward slash iris for a free 10 day trial as they have with all of their stuff now I don't know how they quite manage that but awesome you don't get obviously all the 11 gigs download but do check it out if you're interested and also obviously last week we had a competition as we have every week from uh, isotope and let me see now what i'm looking for is the winner the winner is a chap called tom mckay uh, on twitter his handle is at 
Tom underscore E underscore McKay with a CK and a AY. And he tweeted the morphing modulation hashtag to Sonic State and Isotope Inc. And also, thanks for another great show. Uh, thank you. Last week's show seemed to be very popular, which was uh, which is always nice to see. But we have another competition. So, Tom, if you're hearing this, uh, get in touch and we'll get the Isotope Fairy to send you uh, your copy of uh, Iris 2, which you will be able to enjoy in the privacy of your own home. So this week we have another competition. Uh, we're giving away another, well, Iris Isotope are giving away another copy of Isotope. And uh, the ha- the, this is what you need to tweet. The hashtag, lasso your sound. This is uh, to in homage to the actual spectral filtering and the way that you could do that. It's like sort of Photoshop almost. Uh, and I've spelt it. I don't know if this is correct. I suppose I should have checked. Lasso, L-A-S-S-O, your sound. All one word, all lowercase, hashtag. And then you send that to at Sonic state and at isotope inc so hashtag lasso your sound double s double o at sonic state at isotope inc uh, you can win Iris 2, uh, but bear in mind we do have 140 characters, so if you want to add some other characters in there and send us a message, uh, it will be much appreciated. And as we know, Isotope do monitor this, and uh, I know they get a lot of kicks out of seeing what you have to say about us and them too, so uh, please do keep them coming. Right. Let me see. Uh, what did we just do? I've completely forgotten. Have I actually done anything? Yeah, no, no, we haven't done that. I'll tell you what I'm going to go to next, actually. This is this is really interesting. And this is this, this Zynaptic oh, yeah. Morph. Now, <laughs> this used to be Persona, ProSonus product, and it's now been taken by Zynaptic Morph. Is Zynaptic do lots of artificial intelligence stuff, and they do beautiful uh, interfaces as well. And this is uh, what's called real-time structural morphing. And we've seen this kind of stuff before, and it kind of can sound quite cross-fadey, but this sounds very different. I'll let it play. So these are all uh, basically various things affecting one another. It's like a sort of super vocoder morpher thing. It's a very cool advert. Yeah. Oh, this is quite scary, actually. Target acquired. Termination initiated. Resistance is futile. So that's rocks and voice if you're not watching the video. I am your dishwasher. <laughs> dishwasher and voice. Affecting one another. Uh, surreal hybrid atmospheres, etc., um, etc. Et Water, sine wave, reversed. I mean, there's there's a whole ton of them here, and this is available for AU uh, VST. I think it was AAX there, and it was uh, I think it's 199 bucks or 199 euros, and it looks really interesting. And those are kind of quite effecty uh, um, setups. I've got another example which I'll play a bit later. But Robbie, I, I want to get you in because you you look terribly excited about this, and uh, I'd like well, to cash in on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been interested in this for a long time because. About four four years ago, there's this great little video on YouTube which uses the Kyma, you know, the Kyma engine yeah. um, of real-time spectral morphing with this iPad app. It's amazing if you get a chance to check it out. It's just like this little demo of somebody with this iPad app with four sounds in each corner, and he literally morphs between the four sounds. He's got like a cat that morphs into a tabler and something else. I mean, it's just crazy. 
but it's really worth checking out. But ever since then, I've been obsessed with the idea of being able to do this. And um, a few couple of months ago, there was an app released on the iPad called Sparkle, um, which does this, um, which I've been having a lot of fun with. But to have to have a proper AU that does this properly uh, is, is great. I, I mean, I remember it coming out with the plug sound, but I think it was mono. I think this is pro proper stereo now. So um, I'm, I'm very excited about getting my hands on this. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it does. It does sound like a very interesting uh, device, and it's not because uh, before you know we've 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 had this idea before, uh, and, and to my ears, mostly sounds like a, a yeah. fairly advanced crossfade between two sounds. This is not the case. It's kind of, it's it's like a cross between a, a vocoder and a crossfade and a load of other stuff as well. It's really really interesting, and, uh, and we've covered some of the Zanaptic stuff before because remember they did this. Uh, was it the de-reverberator? Yeah, the, unveil uh, the de-reverberator. Yeah. Yeah. Gaz, this looks like it could be fun. I, I've seen various people posting on YouTube of kind of uh, taking kind of large granular washes and and treating them with drums, so you get this really strange textured reverb kind of coming on. All sorts of really interesting stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, I was wondering if that was the sort of thing though that you could achieve with Iris, though, using just partials and blending them. I'm sure to a degree, but. but not with the morphing. Right. I would suggest, perhaps. Because, uh -huh. I mean, I remember Nick. with Wolfgang Palm, he's been into this idea for a long time, hasn't he? Sort of uh, taking, crossing elements together. Uh, uh, Plex, back in the early 2000s, um, it's different. I know it's different, but just this whole idea, though, of, of morphing two sounds together. Um, and wave generator on the ipad the wolfgang palm app yeah. has an element of this but this i mean it's again i know i can appreciate that this is different um it does look good though yeah it does sound very nice so, so robbie did you want to come in there i was just going to say i've just sent you a link for that kaima youtube video Okay, I will check that out when it comes. Um, I, I want to play this other video as well, which was, uh, let me see if I've got my notes here, it's by a chap called uh, Simon Stockhausen. I'm hoping I've got it in the system. Yeah, This is in with some cellos, morphing with voices and what have you, and you get a much more musical sense of what it's capable of, and there's some amazing stuff here. Simon Stockhausen does his own... Um some other it's just i mean it's, they are very beautiful sounds in themselves but this is a more of an ambient treatment it's throat singing that sounds a bit like but Pink, Pink floyd did this years ago didn't they on animals in uh, is it dogs or where or sheep can't remember which one where the voice turns into a synth morphs into a synth sound really really cool that's got to be crossfading though surely yeah yeah i know 
but just that idea of morphing one sound to another is sort of um, yeah i mean i can i can see that this i mean robbie for soundtrack work for atmospheric stuff where you in the same way that you know uh, um iris when it first came out people were for sound design were getting really because you could take shapes and motifs from a film visually and impose them onto waveforms with this you can take audio elements or characterful elements or sound effect elements and and sort of bash them together in this sort of kind of unique way and it sounds really interesting to me yeah no i'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking that out like i say it's been something on my on something on my list of wanting to be able to do for a long time so um yeah it's an area of interest. So anyway, you want to check that out, go to zynaptic.com, zynaptic, uh, Z-Y-N-A-P-T-I-Q.com, and uh, do check it out. I think you can you can actually buy it now. US dollars, uh, let me see, it's 179 US dollars, 199 euros, or you can upgrade from a previous version. Uh, it looks like it's available for AU, uh, AAX, RTAS, VST, uh, for Windows as well, so you've got plenty of uh, formats to be going on with there. Oh, I think I made that a bit too small, haven't I? Let me get that. There we go. That's a bit more, uh, a bit more helpful. Right. Um, uh, oh yeah, this was fun. Uh, now I need to uh, let me see. This is the uh, giant-sized um, human synthesizer. If we can get this, this is um, something I found yesterday. This is that basically this guy uh, who's called. Daito Manabi. Oh, I haven't plugged my sound in. Oops, excuse me a minute. That's very uh, nice of me. Made this massive synth, which I really like the look of that. That's just, those knobs are huge. Ah, here we go. And they put it on the streets, and it's a sort of beatbox with screens and an XY pad, sort of MS-20 style. Just looks absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'd probably spend more time in town if they had a few of these things lying around. This guy's really, really interesting. Oh, look at that. That's just a massive... I mean, there, there was that MS-50, uh, MS-20 that was for education purposes, really massive. Yeah. They've, they've got one at Korg, and it's about the size of a sort of a large TV screen, and it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful thing, and it's something that, you know, I could really dig. And I, that Just that looks... That looks just so pleasing for me somehow. I don't know why. It's to, there's no reason it should do. It's just I, I noticed they haven't got the, the actual uh, jack field on there because I mean, giant. I mean, imagine the weight of a quarter inch jack equivalent and that scale. You probably end up hurting people with that. You do some damage. Um, but that was great fun. But the th the thing about um, this guy is he does. This is with Red Bull Music Academy and with. Um, uh, Korg, obviously involved as well, but he's done some great stuff in the past, and I think the um, the, the the thing you might remember him for. I don't you remember this? This was this thing where they he got sounds and he put he put like electrical triggers on his face. So there was a video where there's four faces and they're just these. He looks very kind of nervous that this is about to happen, but then he plays these sounds. He's obviously <laughs> he's sending impulses to people's faces, which are driven by analog kind of style synthesizer stuff it's not fairly mad um, i suppose that I, I don't know what there is to say about that but i mean i guess you're in new york has it seen much in the art have you had much chance to walk the streets any much going on in the art installation kind of format i guess it's a bit rainy this time of year i haven't actually been into new york yeah we've actually got a gig in new york um we, we go away from here to do some more of the tour and then we come back to central new york so i'll get to i'll get to go and do a bit of that stuff then are you going to be going to any of the music stores in new york there any... I think I'm. I'd want to go to the modular store. I bought. I bought my modular from that store in New York. Control. I've got what it's called now, off the top of my head. The main one. 
that's in the, the main one that's kind of in the Brooklyn area, which I know Vince Clark goes to a lot. Um, so um, I'm going to try and head down there if I can. Right. It's funny, this, guys. It's sort of the complete opposite of your sort of uh, very portable, battery-powered musical creation outfit. Have you managed to show up with a gig without flip down the side of an Arctic lorry and just do your gig? That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, speaking of Vince Clark, though, uh, he's that's been in the news today, hasn't it? He's announced some modules um, in conjunction with Analog... Is it Analog Solutions? Um, Called... uh, Clark and Clark, uh, uh, hang on, I just have to have a look. God damn, yeah, Synthtopia beats us to it again. (laughs) Yes, there they are. So, uh, Clark circuits Eurorack modules, and let's have a look. What are these? Uh, analog solutions, a new uh, creative and utilitarian uh, uh, VCM and VCS auto tune system. That's kind of interesting. Here we go. Well, let's have a look at this. Well, well spotted, Gaz. We've got some audio. Hello, my name is Vincent Clark, and I'm talking to you from the Cabin Studio, which houses my collection of both vintage and modern synthesizers. <laughs> For those of you who work with synthesizers using CV and Gate, breaking news: be aware of the problems of calibration. Having tried many a cumbersome software-based package over the years, I wondered if there might be a neater solution, a kind of all-in-one MIDI to CV <laughs> converter with auto calibration. Expert sleepers, mate. So I passed on my ideas to someone very technical. (laughs) Always a clown. He came up with this. Let me pass you over to a technician to explain things further. The Clark Eurorack MIDI to CV auto-tune system consists of a master module which can control up to 16 slave modules, each of which provides one channel of CV and gate. The auto-tune function can compensate for calibration errors between 0.5 Ah. and 1.5 volts per octave. Okay, I get the picture. That's a neat idea. Something, um, I mean, it, is, it looks like the expert sleepers kind of thing, but without maybe the software side of it, it looks like it's happening all inside. Uh, you've got a load of modular stuff. You're going to be thinking about something like that, or does it generally not not so much of an issue for you? I guess for someone like Vince Clark, who's got so many of them. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a luxury of space, isn't it, to, for, for, for that? Yeah, um, that's, that's, a, that's a whole modular kit right there for 16 channels, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's def- I mean, I quite like the I quite like the grappling aspect myself. <laughs> I mean, I've only got I've only got four oscillators. I'm not like you said. I've not got like you know. I goodness knows what his Euro rack system must be like now. I know he started building it two or three years ago, and I'm sure it's turned into a like a massive behemoth of stuff now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I quite enjoy the kind of. Uh, fighting a little bit with it and you know finding it not so straightforward as a standard you know patched synth so i don't know whether i'm really into that or not is that me or is that is that your alarm call (laughs) (laughs) time to wake up the bus is here robert you gotta go we've got a gig in two minutes (laughs) what (laughs) i think that's telling me that my owc thunderbolt 
Thunder Bay Minis arrived at the front desk. Ah, did you get one of those? One of, ah, I saw that. That was that's a slight hundred and sixty bucks or something, isn't it? It's quite a good value. Is that the is that what you're is that the thing that you got? I've got the for, for my Mac Pro. I've got the Thunder Bay, which is the four four um, bay three point five inch drive, you know, enclosure. And they've just brought out a mini version, which takes four 2.5-inch drives. So I've got that for my super portable setup. That would be this here, would it? Thunder Bay 4. That's the Thunder Bay 4. That's the one I got before, which is I'm keeping in the studio. And then they brought out Thunder Bay 4 Mini, which takes 2.5-inch drives. Oh, oh, this one here. Yeah, yeah. which is really really small and dinky. It's brilliant. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah, so anyway, that's what that'll be. Excellent. Well, and Thunderbirds are back on TV in the UK as well, sort of somewhat s- 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 for some reason. I, that, I don't know why I'm thinking about that, but yes, it has. Yeah, neat idea. Gosh, everybody's buying stuff. I feel can like, I I, and one, I'm just sending it all back. Can I just say one other thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, very nice people of Blue Microphones came to came to our gig and gave me and Howard a pair of the, um, the MoFi headphones. Mm. And they are they are off the scale brilliant. Ah, well, well I'm, get, I'm getting a set there, and we're hopefully, um, I'm trying to negotiate a, set, a, a setup where the rest of the panel um, does a kind of group great, review. So, I think it'd be great to see what everyone thinks because I, I've bought a lot of high end headphones over the years, and I'm. Um, yeah, they are totally different beasts to anything else I've had before. They're I'm glad. Great. I'm glad you concur because the only time I heard those was on the um, uh, on the show the, the show floor at Nam, and there I thought these actually sound really, really good. But are they hyped? You know, I can't tell because I'm in the 130 dB of noise. You know, but they're very isolated. I mean, they're they're fun- oh well. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we'll we'll have to talk yeah. a bit more about that. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, right. Um, I th- I've lost my thread now. Where were we? We were on. Um, what were we just looking at? I can't even remember. Gaz, you start. You started de- get taking us off road. Where where did we start? I forgot where we where we were there. We we were just looking. Well, we were just talking about the big synthesizer, uh, that big mm. MS twenty thing, uh, and then I think I derailed it, didn't I? By ah, that's right. A, no, the well, that's good. Plug. It saves us saves us from some of the older topics that we haven't made it through. But th- there was this other one here which looked really interesting as well, which was the uh, this is the uh, 4MS uh, icebox gallery. This looked kind of interesting. It's a massive room with a drum kit in it and triggers all done with analog. I think what you have is frequency ranges, bass, tre- uh, middle and treble, plus one mic for each drum. So while he's sort of playing there, you get all this kind of uh, incredible, I mean, it looks like the sort of thing that might induce epilepsy in the audience a little bit, but that was all hooked up via um, uh, via 4MS metal, uh, modules rather. I think I've got it here somewhere. Uh, yeah, here we go. That's the sort of what it was. But what was really interesting about this is I mean, that wasn't a particularly exciting passage of drums, but I saw another video, which I couldn't find again, which was somebody playing something a lot more structured. And it was, but it was so unbelievably simple, obviously, because it's just kick, snare, hat. But it was captivating and the audience in the room were just totally captivated. And that's something that I was just kind of interested in, generally speaking, this sort of notion of, you know, we're seeing these lots of people doing 
small or individual instrument improvisations and, and, and much less complex musical performances where the audience have to really concentrate to get the nuance and stuff out of it i know oh, robbie you're doing a show at the moment which is quite complex and i know um howard does sections where he takes it down and plays some of the songs on just the piano is he still doing that in this particular tour as well yeah we've done we've done something slightly different with this tour we've um we've added in he's got his his main setup with the you know which is running off main stage and we've just added in a second roland a88 controller which just hot basically sits on the stage at a different place and hooks into the same system running ivory and um, we've just done this started doing this epic version of um his track hide and seek if you remember that one right um the one he did at live aid where he, he starts at the piano um does does kind of a verse and chorus of it at the piano and then i start bringing in some stuff and then jonathan our drummer starts bringing in some stuff and then he moves over to his main rig and then he does this epic kind of Vangelis-esque kind of verse, <laughs> like about eight layers of all this complex synth stuff and we just jam for ages and do this totally freeform version oh um, that's that's exciting so are, are you is the setup that you're doing now i mean because obviously you know when we've talked to you before we were talking we, we came to see you at the o2 academy in bristol and you had a very tightly kind of specified system for doing all of this and you were beginning to kind of uh, have the uh, improvisational aspect of it, you know, with with yeah. that. Are you kind of finding that that is more and more of the show these days? Or, or definitely, yeah, p- definitely. We, we build that into all the songs, but for something like that now, we've 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 we haven't built. We've only literally kept it at its most basic building block. So, um, essentially, in a track like that with him, um, most of what I'm triggering is um, MIDI clips that do vocal harmony stuff. So um, I, I, I'm playing the bass, he's playing all the synths, and there's a lot of clocked, arpeggiated stuff from main stage tr- being driven from my Ableton rig. And Jonathan's playing various levels of um, drum loops in different filtering stages. Um, and basically, the only, yeah, so, the, so there's a lot of kind of two-way communication going between all of us. Um, but, we've, but for songs like that, we've made it so that um, essentially... The, what I have to trigger from Ableton is quite minimal um, so that it gives us the maximum flexibility. So in the case of that song, mostly what I'm triggering apart from a couple of atmospheric loops that run the whole track is is sections of vocal harmonies that are driving the voice live. Right, that's the, t- the TC Helicon, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes. So, and also, it also, it's also driving the video as well. But yeah, it just means we've been able to do like 10-minute versions and just go off on one, and people have been really loving that. Yeah, excellent. That sounds like great fun. Um, just to, another technical question there: when you load, you're, you're driving stuff from Ableton. Do you have one show session, or do you load a song per track? Uh, I, I, I'm I'm really organised. I, I work on an eight by eight grid always because of of course things like push. You know, set up as an eight by eight grid. So um, we have everything broken into eight sets of stems regardless of the song, so percussion one and two, sequences one and two, whatever, additional keyboards, mis- miscellaneous stuff, etc. So I'm never working off an 8 by 8 grid. Um, and then um, what I do is I make sure that each song, um, even if it only perhaps used like four or five rows, I always make sure that I then start the next song in the next 8 by 8 grid down in the Ableton arrange window. Because... You so it's, wo- it's the- one session? 
Yeah, so you can use the jump function with um, with the shift keys on the on the on the launch pad or the push to d- drop to the next block, which is that song. Oh. Because I found when it, I found when you just if you just like have a song that's got five rows of Ableton and then the next song has six rows of Ableton and you manually drop down, you uh, get yeah. in a real mess. Yeah, I can you, imagine. You lose track of where you are. So I always jump in blocks of eight within within the Ableton arrange window. So a song, even if it was only two rows, would always be in a block of eight. So there'd be six blocks of emptiness but below it. Oh, I but, see uh, what yes. you mean. Yeah, so I can always jump around very quickly to a song and know that I've got the first row of the song there. And how do you how do you how do you handle the uh, tempo changes? Oh well, the, with Ableton, if you um, in if you trigger a row and you write say 120 BPM in the title of the row on the right hand side, it automatically sets the tempo of Ableton. Oh, neat. Yeah. So so as soon as as soon as I trigger the first row for any song, the the tempo of Ableton jumps to the proper tempo. Oh, that's useful. That's really cool. So um, that must be a massive session, though. I mean, that's a isn't that? A, d- yeah, we've, we've got so far at the moment. It's got twenty five songs in it with some of the and some of the songs may have actually some of the complicated songs have got like twenty four, twenty four rows of stuff. You know, three three row three sets of eight. So yeah, it's it's big, but it, it handles it perfectly. Neat. That is cool. Sorry, I, I, we just lost Gaz there, and I'm trying to seamlessly bring him back without any kind of uh, break in transmission. Ah, and there he is. Don't know what happened there. Don't uh, know what happened there. Don't. That sounds really interesting. I've not done anything like that with Ableton. Well, mind you, I don't use Ableton uh, terribly complicated or very often mm. at the moment, but I, I'm trying to figure out a system at the moment because what I'm finding now is like I've got a synth and I just turn it on and I go, ooh, I've got a speaker plugged in. I want something I could just come along and just go click and just record whatever I'm getting out of there rather than have everything fixed because this, this space is in constant flux. It's almost impossible to to be, you know, to set up a, a, a record anytime all active inputs put sort of thing. So I'm trying to figure out a system that will allow me to do that. And that's uh, that's a, I'm just, just starting to percolate. I'm not sure what that is. I might just use one of these. Uh, I've got this Tascam uh, DR70s. I just have that on a little board with a, you know, with a, pedal or something for uh, delays or whatever i'm not sure i'm trying to figure it out like reaper has got a cool function if you've got reaper running if it's just running it can be recording always recording just sort of um whatever inputs uh it's just in the background so you can so if it's just like a computer on and it's uh, if it's running it can be recording and then you optionally choose to use that recording or not um okay does, it, oh, have a, does nice. it have a changeover so that if you're, you know, you're not, you just end up fill up terabytes of drives every every day? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'd have to. Have, I'm just gonna have a little look at it again. But w- one of the reasons for that is, um, so everything's being captured. Uh, I think it might be just that it's just. I think it's only catching the stereo at the at. In, it's only capturing the. Uh, the master at, at the at, at the master stereo uh ah, but, okay. um, but you could have active inputs with uh things like sort of delay plugins going on so you've got various oh yeah, th- yeah okay. so whatever's whatever's getting and uh i just uh just gonna have a little look in the old um what the oh, that's yeah, interesting. It's, it's got, yeah it's a nice little function um i, I sorry i always forget about it, but it's uh it's a nice idea 
Ha, excellent. Um, okay, well, gosh, uh, time has marched on. It seems to have caught up with us, and it feels like this is perhaps a, a good time to uh, to, to um, say goodbye. Unless there's anything specific, there, I think we covered the things that I wanted to cover this week. There's there, there are a couple of the topics which I'm sure we can get round to another time. So, Robbie, when's your next show? Um, it's Thursday night in Long Island at a place called the Paramount. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's, it's actually interesting for us because um, these last two weeks of the tour is just me and Howard on stage. So we're, we're, we're kind of we're trial, trialing a duo setup. Right, okay. Yeah, because um, a lot of gigs, there was a, the tour was two weeks and then all of a sudden this massive run of gigs came in and our drummer, um, Johnny, and our sound engineer were already booked to do other stuff. So oh, that... we thought... Let's try and just do two weeks with that, you know, in a different way. So we've got a new new sound engineer flying in, and um, yeah, we're doing it all. <laughs> two of us. So, that yeah. sounds quite thrilling. So, are you spending a lot of time in your hotel room, kind of programming it up to, in a way that will uh, work? It was. It's always been in my in my Virgo way. It has always been ready to do this. So um, I've, it's always been there in the in the eventuality we had to do it. I just have to unmute drum tracks within the Ableton setup and I have extra additional control for controlling that stuff. That is presumably so. why you got the gig and continue to have the gig because always <laughs> ready all, for it. It's all set up so that all the exact same sounds that the drummer plays are coming out the exact same holes in the system. Um, yeah, you know. It's sort so. of like, I suppose in, in many ways, like a virtual sound check so that except the, the, the non and I suppose, I mean, that's really interesting because I suppose in many ways, this is the sort of thing, you know, I know we've been talking about, um, I think last week we talked about Waves uh, Tracks Live Capture, which enables you to flip between record and playback. So you've got this virtual sound check stuff. I mean, this is the sort of thing. I mean, when you consider how much, certainly on larger tours where there's lots of personnel and, you know, you've got things covered because you can't just bring in a musician at short notice to do something that's so technically specific to particularly when it's put together in such a jigsaw piece kind of fashion as a lot of modern electronic music stuff, to be able to just kind of go, it's okay, you know, they broke the leg, but we've got this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. That's that, that sounds like yeah. you sort of have and to be there. It's interesting as well because it, it makes you think of things in a different way because obviously when we've got, the, we've got Johnny, our drummer here, when Howard wants to break songs down, Jonathan can then break down how he plays stuff and he can kind of, you know, respond to it in a different way. We're, we're a little bit more limited in that we can only break down to set set stuff that's programmed. So yeah. I have this whole system set up of filtering and stuff so that allows me to get a bit more dynamics out of, out of all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, so a high and, pass and low pass, or DJ filters yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah and, also, and also I set up the, the, set, the, the drum sounds on machine so I can actually add in some extra parts live. <laughs> So I do, so I do some I do some kind of sort of endings as well, you know, big drum endings with symbols and boomtish gong, slow slow it all down and all that business. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun doing it. That yeah. sounds. But no, no, nobody would ever be able to jump in and do his gig because, like you say, he on some of the songs he goes, "I'm going to play a kick drum on this Simmons pad up here, and I'm going to play a snare drum with my foot just because I can, just so I can manage to play everything I'm meant to." Yeah, nobody could nobody's going to be able to come in and do that gig 
I, I guess the only problem is there is nobody can come in and do your gig. That's so you're the you're the sort of linchpin part of it, right? Of course, this is all set up like that, Nick. Yeah, well, exactly. So there's no way, and and you're the only person with the password to the encrypted data for the sessions. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Which will self-destruct as soon as within within <laughs> within uh, ten minutes of you being uh, your services yeah, being right. uh, no longer required. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, totally. Well, that's, you know, it seems very sensible. So, I mean, why ever not? So, Gaz, um, have you got your, uh, you haven't got your theremony with you. You bought your, you bought your theremony. Um, and uh, have you got it set up in like the drawing room with yeah. some mahogany <laughs> furniture so that you can, uh, and you're going to wear uh, like a, 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 an Edwardian suit to, uh, to play it. I think you should maybe do some videos in black and Ooh, white with jumpy that's frames. A, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've, I was keeping it out of the studio just to try and make sure that I was going to practice it a certain amount every day. And by having it in my studio, it's just going to compete with everything else that's up here. Uh, so ha- having it, it's in the kitchen at the moment. Um, ah, excellent. Well, and... uh, mechanics suggest you need a cravat. Uh, Chris Head says you need a tweed jacket with elbow pads as well. <laughs> if you're going to yeah. fully uh, enjoy that particular uh, kind of uh, characterization of I did see, I was watching something. Um, I think it was the Swan. It was, is it Clara Rockwell? Is that, have I got that right? Is she the theremin mm-hmm. player? And she was very, um, it all sounded very like a kind of his master's voice. And I must admit, it was, I think that the, it just didn't appeal to me. I, I, I must be sort of very, very, uh, maybe I'm musically stunted, but I just, I, I find the the tone of the theremin the problem. It's not the expressivity, it's the tone. It's the fact that it's just so basic. And I, I suppose you sort of, can you can you send that expressive expression out to, say, other instruments to be able to get that to them, if you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Annoyingly, the theremin, the theremini's MIDI in and out is only on a blooming USB. Ah. Here I go again. <laughs> um, but, it, <laughs> uh, but it does have a CV out. So I've tried actually um, putting the CV out into my microbrute. Um, now, that was quite nice, except I uh, there's no gate out on it. So I was having to hold a... I'm having to well no hold a key down on my microbrute and you know and then so ah yeah because there's no um, there's no VCA you need a VCA control as well as well so for the C you need one for CV yeah. and one for VCA does it have twin VCA uh, CV out there microbrute or just no a, just a, uh, oh, okay the theremin just the one so and really the the big part of the theremin is the two-handed operation is being able to sort of, um, you know, there's quite a lot of things you can do. You can kind of do this kind of plucking motion uh, with your uh, left hand and, you know, and, it, uh, and those kind of things are quite nice. But um, I haven't tried it over MIDI yet, uh, but that's something I will So you're going to incorporate it into your mini setup. Is it battery powerable? I just want to say uh, no. Katie Kilobyte in the chat room says it's Clara Rockmore, not Rockwell. So thank you very much, Katie. Um, ah, so you're not going to introduce it? You could have like an interlude. I, uh, I I might do. I might do. It's um, it's yeah. I mean, in fact, that was the idea, but it isn't battery powered, so it is only mains powered. Um, so that kind of possibly rules that out. Hmm. Uh, 
And on the subject of battery power, I found that the SQ1 just de- devours batteries. Does it? Well, it's got to, yeah, it's got to send out the voltages, hasn't it? It's got to send mm. out CV. That's why. Um, yeah, that would make sense. But it, you can power it with USB if you've got it plugged. And I, you know, when it's in my setup here, it's getting its power from USB. Yeah, so I, I just plugged it into a USB power supply thing. Um, that's mm. yeah, that's that's interesting, interesting stuff. Um, this has been done, hasn't it? But we, uh, the idea of a MIDI host USB in with two with MIDI ports out. I think didn't Kenton do one, and there's been another Kenton. one. That, but yeah. there, there, there needs to be more of those because that's the sort. Of I know. I've been my fingers been hovering on the you know about buying that Kenton one. Other than the fact that it is you can't. It will only have one MIDI. It can only it can only take one ho- um, USB device. Uh, whereas the iConnect four can you can plug a um, you can plug a uh, a USB hub a into couple, it, yeah. and I just I just don't know why iConnect don't do just a USB hub MIDI thing, you know, standalone. Yeah, that well, thing that would be. Well, we'll see. We'll just have to see. Anyway, um, after people were moaning in the chat room that we'd only started late, so. Uh, that gives us that gives us our extra fifteen minutes. So I'll say thank you very much to everybody, and thank you for the chat room for hanging in there, um, and thanks for Robbie for to, for, to, for persevering uh, uh, to getting on the show. I must say for hotel Wi-Fi that you've got some pretty rocking network there. So uh, you know that's obviously a good hotel from that point of view. Well, I, I was very happy because I was I screamed blue murder at them yesterday because it kept going off, and they they rang this morning and said we've just we've just taken last night's bill off off the total bill. Wow, so cool. I was like, so not that I'm paying for it, but Howard will be happy. <laughs> so that does that mean you can drain the mini bar and it'll all equate to sort of roughly about the same amount? Yeah, yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the rest, are you travelling the rest of the day, or are you going to be in New York? What's your? No, today I'm doing. I'm finishing some scoring things that I was doing on my on my laptop system. And I'm, and I'm going down the laundry mat to do my mid-tour washing. <laughs> very glamorous. That is. But you, uh, you say that, it's actually very serious because I made the schoolboy error when I was in a hotel in Sweden. I had, uh, and we'd, we'd, before we went off on this kind of promo tour, this was a very long time ago, I, I, we were taken out and we got given uh, like a grand each to buy clothes for our wardrobe you know and i had this beautiful agnes b zippy top which i loved but i had to get it washed and i gave it to this uh it was a really posh hotel in the center of stockholm where i thought what could put well i didn't realize and i gave it to them and it came back about the size of a kind of child's t-shirt and it was just completely ruined and that so that's that's why you have to do your own laundry or you know trust you need need to make sure you got the right laundry person so robbie i can totally i can totally concur with you that it has to be done that way i don't know if guys have you any had any of those kind of disaster tour laundry disaster um <laughs> i'm fishing only, for... <laughs> no well only that i stupidly posed a photo in a hotel laundry taking a dump in the to a washing machine and that <laughs> it got widely circulated so <laughs> so <laughs> Posed. I, I, didn't, I, well, I didn't really do it. It was posed. Yeah, it was posed. Um, but my, that's about the only one I can think of. Well, that's I like this. This is my this is my tour jacket. Oh which yeah. Has which has a supernova on it. Oh right. Can't quite see probably. But... A supernova. Is that a supernova two or a uh, or just a, a space kind of supernova? A space kind of supernova. <laughs> right. 
Have you got that? Uh, do you have a a, a, a pair of a, a waistcoat that's got a mini nova on it as well? <laughs> waistcoats don't figure in my vocabulary. No, they're, they're pretty hard to rock for anyone. I think waistcoats. Yes, I I do recall. Um... I don't know. I like. I mind you. I'm going to buy a pair of dungarees. I, that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. I, I I've decided. I'm I'm going to single-handedly try and bring the dungarees back into fashion. I thought you know. Pocket operators in dungarees, and special, sort of specially po- pocket, special pocketed dungarees. Of course, if you're going to go for the full nineties thing, you've got to have one flap undone. So it's <laughs> it, yeah, that's what you've got to. You're going to be go. like the like the sort of musical equivalent of Harry Hill. Is that going to be your signature? Having pocket <laughs> operators in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy. Anyway, uh, Gaz, thank you very much for joining us. It's been great as ever. Um, can check out what Gaz has been up to, gazwilliams.me. Uh, do it, because there's stuff there, and I think you've got more stuff in the pipeline, right, Gaz? Oh, yeah, loads of stuff, yeah. Um, so I've been a bit slack on my website recently, but uh, I, I've been, yeah, I've been working on lots of interesting things, so it's going to be some big, big stuff coming up soon. Excellent, glad to hear it. And uh, Robbie, again, I'll say thank you again. Thank you for joining us, and I hope the rest of your day is uh, nice and chilled, and, uh, and the weather's good for you. Is it is it freezing cold in New York, or is it quite clement? Oh, there's like massive. Oh, it's funny. I went I went out last night to go to get something to eat, and there was this sidewalk underneath the um, underneath the freeway, and there's like massive piles of snow which were, were piled up. And um, I couldn't see because it was dark. And I walked down the path. And what I didn't realise was there was still probably about two or three feet of snow on the underpass path. So as I walked down, I suddenly went all the way up to my crotch in snow. <laughs> I in snow in my, my best trousers. Oh, and I, no. I, I kind of thought I've started, so I'll finish. So I kind of... I kind of went through the whole way and it was about 100 metres of me like kind of going up to my knees in snow. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a cab home which would probably yeah, be the better right. idea <laughs> anyway thank you very much everybody and i want to say thanks again for uh our sponsors remember if you wanted to enter the isotope iris competition to win iris 2 uh you need to tweet the hashtag lasso your sound that's all one word and that's two s's and two o's i don't know if i spelt that right uh your sound i think i probably did spell right to at sonic state and at isotope inc and don't forget uh, add those something funny or whatever in those extra 140 characters because we do read them uh, and that's it that's it for this week's show thank you very much everybody uh, it's been a great pleasure to have you here and thanks to everybody in the chat room uh, which was indeed very fulsome once again so i'm mm-hmm. going to fade to black and that'll be it see you later <laughs>